0: Welcome everyone to our podcast We call this From the Preacher's Study My name is Bob Hutto, I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ Uh, Kevin Clark is with me, a colleague and uh, uh, brother and friend And uh, we've been doing this for quite some time Uh, We've enjoyed it, we believe it uh, produces good results It's good for us individually But we get good encouraging comments from people who watch it Uh, In fact, today we, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, we had comments from someone who was uh, said that they continue to watch the podcast and it's beneficial for them, and so that we're we're glad to we're glad that that's the case. We uh, welcome the opportunity to teach the word of God and try to reach people with it and and build people up in the faith and encourage them to be the kind of people that God wants them to be. And so we're going to continue that today. We're going to continue to talk about holiness and how uh, we might pursue holiness and become more holy people to, to develop that quality of of holiness extract from our lives what is unholy and what what's inappropriate uh, for a disciple of Jesus and cultivate those qualities that are Christ-like and so that's what we want to do in our podcast and encourage us to achieve in our our lives some self-examination see what shouldn't be Mm -hmm. that there eliminate that develop more and more of what should be there as we uh, follow the example of Jesus that's what we're going to talk about in this session Looking to Jesus, our example of holiness. Sometimes uh, if we can provide an example,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's very helpful. And so we're going to try to draw from Jesus' life some, some of his practices. What, what did he do that, that uh, in, uh, developed, or uh, that might not be the right word, but uh, demonstrated his holy character and try to draw from that some things that we might apply to our own lives? Kevin, anything you would like to say as we begin this session
1: yeah I was just this afternoon as we were getting ready for this I was thinking about um, the fact that we have such an international reach and just want to thank uh, obviously all those people I think we've heard from people in Pakistan we routinely hear from people in parts of Africa I think there's been in the past somebody from Singapore and we just we're thankful for all listeners but we're just impressed that the, this technology has such a global reach and we appreciate you and your willingness to tune in and, and spread the word and get more and more people uh, to listen, uh, it's very valuable, not because we're offering it, because it is the Word of God and it will not return to Him void, as Isaiah 55 says. And so uh, we're very excited about that. We're very thankful to our deacons. Uh, Uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend are always with us and give us the uh, capability of broadcasting uh, this podcast. And so I want to thank them, their families, for the sacrifices they make. And just excited to have an opportunity, as uh, Bob said, to to sit at the feet of Jesus and to watch how he did things. The Bible is replete with so many examples on both sides of things. There are positive examples Mm -hmm. like those of Jesus and there are negative examples. And we can learn from both. We can learn what not to do and we can learn what to do. And so it's a very practical book that helps us uh, craft our lives and shape our hearts in a way that's pleasing to God. So we're very thankful for that.
0: All right, very good. Let's let's begin in Hebrews chapter 7. And you might think, well, that's a strange place to begin if you're going to talk about the life of Christ. But we have here a description of Jesus' life that will lead us into our discussion. So verse 26 says, It, it was fitting for us to have such a high priest. And so the writer is making the case that Jesus is our high priest, that He offers an atoning sacrifice, that He Himself is the atoning sacrifice for sin. And so it's fitting for us to have such a high priest. And then he describes his character, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, exalted above the heavens. And so look at that, that first quality that the writer mentions, that Jesus is, is holy. Well, that's, that's our, our subject. That's mm-hmm. what we're interested in. Uh, we're interested in pursuing holiness. And so we can look to Jesus as our example of that. Look at John chapter 6, Here's, and there are several passages that highlight the holy character of Jesus. John chapter 6, you might remember that some of the disciples, verse 66 tells us, withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, you do not want to go away, also do you? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So Jesus is recognized and described as the Holy One. You see that over in Mark chapter 1. Just one other example, uh, one other passage along these lines. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 24, Jesus cast out a demon on this occasion. And the demon or unclean spirit cries out, verse 23, saying, verse 24, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are.
1: You're the Holy One of Mm -hmm. God.
0: Of course, that draws on the the Old Testament description of God as the Holy One or the Holy One of Israel. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the Holy One, the Holy One of God. His character is described in those terms. And so no question about that. Jesus did no sin. Mm -hmm. There was no guile found in His mouth. Uh, He was tempted like we Mm -hmm. are with Without sinning, That's right. and so Jesus is holy in His character. What made Jesus holy? What 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 did He do uh, that um, would that we can use that we can draw mm-hmm. on to develop our own holiness? Well, I'm just going to start out by by saying John chapter six and verse thirty-eight. Jesus says, "I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, mm-hmm. but the will of Him who sent me." And so maybe this is this is where we start developing holiness, to develop a desire to do God's will. Mm-hmm. Not our own will, not the will of other other human beings who might have influence over us. But if we have this strong desire to do God's will, to do the Father's will, well then we can develop holiness. We can extract, we can eliminate from our character whatever it is that's antithetical to God's will. We we can get that we can get rid of that. Mm-hmm. And we can Begin to develop those practices, those characteristics that make us more and more holy. So maybe that's a good place to start. John chapter eight and verse twenty nine is similar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He who sent me is with me; he has not left me alone. I Always do the things that are pleasing to him. Now, Mark, if we can, yeah. if we can set that as our goal, mm-hmm. now we may not reach it. Right. You know, right, we may right. not. We <laughs> may not always right. do the things that are pleasing to him. But if that's our goal, well then, well then we're on our way to becoming holy. Excellent. Comment on that, Kevin,
1: Yeah, Too. I think about Paul over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, a similar concept of this idea of orienting your life around pleasing God. And so he says, uh, if you begin uh, verse 6, so we're always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased. Rather be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to Him. And so He says, the aim, the arc of our lives, is to always be not only pleasing but well pleasing to God. And so we've got to learn how to substitute the will of God for our own will. Easier said than done, no doubt about that. Something that you learn over time. Uh, It takes. We don't come out that with that kind of orientation. We have a tendency; each one seeks his own way, as as the Bibles point out. No one's good because of that. But you can train yourself to become a person who does instinctively and first and foremost seeks the will of God in everything, whether it be your entertainment, your work, right. your relationships with your husbands, wives, children, uh, parents, just every aspect of your life. I want to do what I know will please God in these various situations. So in every situation, you know, we ask ourselves, what would
0: God have mm-hmm, me do? Mm-hmm. What, what would he want me to do? And of course, he tells us and instructs us along those lines in, in the word. And mm-hmm. so that brings me to my next point Jesus' knowledge of the Word Mm -hmm. helps him be a holy person. Mm -hmm. And so Matthew chapter 4 is the illustration of that. Jesus is faced with temptation. And each time, he's tempted three times in this passage. And each time, of course, he answers with Scripture, each Mm -hmm. each one from the book of Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus' knowledge of the Word Mm -hmm. and his ability to apply the Word in an effective way enables him to to live a holy life. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we we make mistakes, sometimes we fall short or, or transgress because we, we don't know the word. That's right. We don't That's know right. what God exactly. would have us to do. Right. And so we kind of depend on our own judgment, we uh-huh. make our own evaluation of things, and and we we go the wrong way. Right. And so we need to know God's word. It's interesting on more than one occasion when Jesus is involved in controversy. Mm-hmm. He'll respond by saying, have you not read? Exactly.
1: You know? That's right. <laughs> have you
0: not read? Mm-hmm. And so Matthew 19 verse 4, Matthew 22 verse 29 are mm-hmm. just two examples of that. That's right. Jesus knew the word. He expected others to know the word mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and to be able to take what they read and make a valid application of it. Absolutely. Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes to... Uh, to uh, Nazareth to the synagogue there, to his hometown. And he reads from the prophet Isaiah in verse 21, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Just another, uh, you have to think all of this is intentional. He knew what the passage that would be read that day was. Mm -hmm. He went there, he read it Mm -hmm. (laughs) intentionally and made that application. And so his knowledge of the word and his ability to apply it to real life situations uh, is uh, something that, we need to be able to do. That takes time. It takes study and effort. But if we can learn the Word, learn what God would have us to do, that's, that's going to help us to be holy.
1: Very much. I'll add to that. I thought about Second Timothy 3. 16 through 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God's prophet for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the scriptures give us all the tools we need to do the good works that God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, borrowing from Ephesians chapter 2. And so it's very important that we know the scriptures because this is God's tool for reproof, for doctrine, for instruction, that we be complete for the work He would have us to do.
0: So Kevin, tell, tell me, how do you learn the Scriptures? How do you come to know the Scriptures?
1: Well, a variety of things. First of all, you have to read the Scriptures, and uh, you need to read it on a regular basis. You have to not only read it, you have to meditate on it, you have to study. Um, and that means a, a, a degree of engagement beyond just reading over and I'm not in any way being negative about reading the scriptures but you got to really spend some time with the scriptures uh, you need to read all of it the sum of thy word is true Psalm one nineteen one sixty. 160 so if you want to find out what is the will of God on any particular subject one of the the, the pitfalls is avoid cherry-picking and choosing one verse to the exclusion of others you really have to take everything God has to say on the subject or you're going to have an incomplete picture. There's a lot of religious error that's based on that. They'll take one verse and, wow. oh, see, we're saved by faith, and then exclude everything that says we're saved by repentance or confession or baptism. You've got to take it all together. Uh, same thing when you talk about we're we saved by faith or works. Well, James says it's both. I show you my faith by my works, right. but there's some people that'll take one passage to the exclusion of others, and there has to be regularity. I mean, over the years, you know, Hebrews right. 5 talks about there's this kind of sense of growth over time. There's, there's a relationship between time and growth. So if I've been in the scriptures for a certain period of time I go from being a student eventually to being a teacher and the problem in Hebrews 5 12 through 14 right. is they have been in the faith long enough they should have progressed to the point of being teachers but they need to be taught again the very first principles of Christ so they went backwards because they weren't regularly studying their Bibles right so the point I, I wanted you to bring out which
0: which you did is it takes a personal commitment it does uh, it it's not enough and I'm not minimizing the importance of attending worship and hearing sermons right, and right. but if you're sitting and listening to a sermon and sit just sitting and listening to a teacher in Bible class and that's all the exposure you get to the word right you're it's not enough no, you, you not. have to make a personal commitment to do your reading to do your own study right. to do your own meditation and that and that's how we come to learn the word Absolutely. and and we put it all together and so it just it takes personal work Absolutely. to do that we we live in a time when our, our time is filled up every uh-huh. day. Every minute is filled up. Right. So we have to find some time, somewhere yes. in all of that, right. uh, to devote to learning God's will for us, understanding it, and then making a proper application. That's how you pursue holiness. That's, That's how right. you become a holy person. That's
1: right. I'll just add real quick something It reminded me of this. I heard recently uh, my daughter Jasmine... Uh, does basketball practice, and she goes to a trainer. And the trainer made this point to the girls that he was teaching. He said, look, if the only training you do is when you come to this session uh, once a week, twice a week, you will not be successful. You've got to be doing this all the time, every day. And this is just kind of pointing out some things you could do better. But if you just rely upon these sporadic sessions, and that's all you do. And I thought instantly, it's the same thing with Bible study. If you're not doing it on a regular basis, you're not going to grow the way you're supposed to. Right.
0: Well, another... Quality we find in Jesus or a practice that we find in Jesus mm-hmm. is regular prayer. That's right. Yeah. So, Luke 15, verse 16, Jesus would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Not all versions have that word often in there, but I think this is New American Standard Bible. They're just trying to capture the nuance of the Greek construction. It's a little technical, but it, it was his regular practice to pray. Jesus taught his disciples. To pray, mm-hmm. give us this day our daily bread. That implies that you're praying every day, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It does. If you're being thankful each day for the daily bread God gives you. In Luke 9 and verse 18, it happened that while he was praying alone, the disciples were with him and questioned him. Uh, questioning, He questioned them saying, who do men or who do people say that I am? So again, we find Jesus in prayer. In Luke 22, this is uh, in the upper room, uh, Jesus tells Peter, uh, the devil, you know, Satan has asked uh, that mm-hmm. he might have you to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. you mm-hmm. know? Again, mm-hmm. there we find Jesus praying. Mm-hmm. Over and over again, we find Jesus praying. We have some examples of Jesus' prayer in the New Testament. We think about the Garden of Gethsemane, but there are others as well. That, that helps you develop holy character. If you spend time in prayer, uh, reading the scriptures, mm-hmm. learning the scriptures, time in prayer, that's going to help us. Our time's getting away. Let me mention one, a couple of other sure. things sure. here. He, he recognized temptation when it came. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the devil comes to him. We, we looked at Matthew chapter 4 right. a few minutes ago and how Jesus answers each temptation with scripture. But he's not caught unprepared right. uh, and he's not caught off guard. He, he's ready for temptation. And and when it comes his way, he sees it for what it is. Right. And that helps him mm-hmm. to resist. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, that that would be a good for us to develop that sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, help me to see temptation when it comes my way. So I'm not caught right. unprepared and off guard and susceptible and vulnerable. Right. Or, or caught in a weak moment because I didn't recognize the temptation as it was coming at me.
1: Absolutely. You know, second read, 2 Corinthians 2. Talks about we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, okay. so we know his playbook, we know his resources, we know First John, uh, two, I'm sorry, three, uh, says that he appeals to us on the basis of lust, of the eyes, lust of the flesh, or the pride of life. So there really is no reason to be taken unawares. We know what the devil's going to come after us, and then the other piece of it is to know ourselves. Examine yourself right. whether you be in the faith. Second Corinthians thirteen five. So if you know yourself, you know the scriptures. The scriptures lay out what the tools of the devil are. You ought to be able to see ah, and and, and you probably I, I've had some things in my life where something happens and I'm like. Satan, I know exactly what you're doing. I know how you're trying to feel to me. Not gonna work. You right. got me for a second. I was like, no, nah, yeah. get yeah. behind me, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> no know, knowing yourself, knowing yeah, your own weaknesses.
0: Right. I'm weak in this area. Right. I need to I need to, to be strong. I need to be aware. Yeah. I'm weak there. The devil is gonna um, you know, shoot one of his arrows at me in that area and right. be able to to deflect it. Be able, that was 1 John themselves. 2, 15
1: through 17. Sorry about that. I think I said 1 John 3. I Go mean, ahead.
0: one other thing I'm going to mention is that, you know, Jesus is aware of his example. Mm-hmm. Take up your cross daily and follow, follow me. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, remember Jesus says that the, the wise man hears these words of mine. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is aware that other people are watching him mm-hmm. and other people are listening to him. Now, if we were aware of that, mm-hmm. if we were aware of, Oh, Kevin, Kevin's watching me or Jason, and Mark, they're they're watching me, right? They're taking note of, or my children are watching me in the home. That might help us to avoid those things that would set a bad example for others. And so Jesus is aware of that. He invites people, follow me, watch me, listen to what I have to say. Right. And so that, that sensitivity to his own example will help him avoid uh, doing things he shouldn't.
1: Amen. And I just add to it, you know, we do have one that's watching us at all times, and that's okay, God. That's I thought right. of Hebrews four thirteen, all things are naked, open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So not only is he watching, at some point we're gonna to have to give account of the things we're doing. So great concept about being aware not only are people watching us, God in heaven's watching very us. Very good, very good. So a desire to please the
0: Father, a knowledge of the Word, mm-hmm. spending time in prayer, drawing closer to God recognizing temptation when it comes our way, seeing our own weaknesses, being aware of our example. It may be that as you've listened to this, uh, you've uh, thought of some things in Mm Jesus' life that would help you if you follow that example to become more holy. We've we've mentioned a few, but no doubt there there are many others. We look to Jesus. We look to Him as our example. We follow in His footsteps. And so it's worth our while to think about the life of christ in this way any, any closing that. comments kevin our, our time is out
1: yeah i know i think it's a great concept of you know think about it this way in terms of getting close to god sometimes we talk about i don't feel close to god how to get close to god well the bible is god's way of communicating to us prayer is our way of communicating to god and so the way you get close to anybody is through frequent interaction communication and so if we're not studying we're not praying then how can we expect to be close to god that's right that's right
0: Well, appreciate appreciate everybody watching today, and I hope we've been able to say some things that have been uh, encouraging and helpful along the way. We really do want to take God's Word and make Mm -hmm. it practical, break it down for us so that uh, we we can put it into practice, and I hope we've been able to do that. As we always do, we're going to close with a word of prayer. Kevin, how about leading us?
1: Sure. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for the the wondrous experience of being a human being and all the things we're able to see and to feel and to taste and to smell, just everything about the human existence. We thank you for giving us that opportunity. Uh, We thank you for the provisions that you have given to us for food and clothing and shelter, our jobs, whereby we can provide for ourselves, our families, give to those who are in need, and certainly advance your kingdom on this side of the grave. But more importantly than all the physical provisions you provide, and we are thankful for those, are the spiritual blessings that those of us who have become a member of your church enjoy through the blood of your Son, Jesus. So very thankful that we can be reconciled from those sins that separate us from you, those sins that really are worthy of eternal death. And we have a way to be reconciled through Jesus' blood by obeying the gospel. And we're just thrilled and delighted that we have that opportunity. It gives meaning to our life. It gives fulfillment, purpose, uh, that we can serve you. And that's what life is all about, to seek and save that which is lost in the process, taking care that we keep ourselves unspotted from the world, and, and certainly demonstrating the kind of care and empathy for our fellow man that you would have us to do. We are so very thankful we have your example of your son, Jesus, as the ultimate example of the holiness that we're striving for and that we're pursuing Uh, We know without which we'll not see the Lord. And so we we have a great example. We're thankful for that in all aspects. And we can learn from Jesus uh, how to be closer to you, how to be more holy, uh, to learn to to have the the attitude he had of always doing your will, always seeking to please you, uh, the knowledge and the understanding and appreciation of God's word, the ability to recall it uh, when presented with temptations, uh, his rich prayer life. Uh, in which he was able to communicate with you and did it frequently and certainly left us an example and instructions that we ought to pray always and also just having an awareness of temptation when it comes his way. Certainly we can learn from that that we know the scriptures, know what the will, uh, your will is, uh, know when the devil is appealing to us, how he appeals to us, know ourselves, what are we particularly weak on or vulnerable to and, and shore those places up uh, with Bible study and prayer and consulting with other brethren who can give us some strength Uh, To fight the devil. We know if we have the spiritual weapons that you provide, uh, the Word of God, and being grounded in your strength, as Ephesians 6 talks about, that we have the ability to resist the darts of the wicked one. So very thankful that uh, you have given us uh, light unto our feet, how we should live, how we should think, how we should talk, how we should dress, how we should be, how we should see ourselves, all of that contained in your Word. Please help us show our appreciation for that knowledge by spending much time in the Word. There's a lot of things that compete and vie for our time and our attention. And certainly we live in a busy time, but we've got to learn and help us to learn to clear things from our plate, uh, get the clutter out of our homes and our lives and spend time uh, spent on your word and thinking on spiritual things and meditating on the things that really matter and getting ready for an eternity. We know that heaven's a prepared place for prepared people and we're doing our best and we hope that we'll continue to do our best to be uh, properly prepared in heart, mind and soul, loving you with all that we have and trying to obey you and do your will in all things. We ask Thy blessings on this podcast that may do much good. Thank you for the hearers that they may take this word and uh, study upon it, meditate upon it, and adopt it into their lives. We know the implanted word can save, and so we're hopeful that much good has been done this session. That we'll continue to have opportunities to do the same. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen.